ברוכים הבאים בשם השם, ברכנו לכם בבית השם. Welcome to the Wednesday night cheer. This week is Pasha's Ray. Pasha's Ray. Shabbos Rishchidosh El. Shabbos Rishchidosh El. How powerful. The words, they resonate, resonate, sorry. The words resonate throughout. El is here. El is not just upon us, El is here. is a very, very rich Pasha. As one may know, there are 17 mitzvahs asay, 17 positive mitzvahs, and 38 leis asay, 38 prohibitions. It's quite a full Pasha. To have one Pasha of 126 Psukim, to have 55 Mitzvahs, it's quite a powerful, powerful thing. Your sound is better this week. Had a hard time getting you online. There we are, though. Mishnah tells us the fum tzara agra. According to the pain that we go through, this is the reward. So the pain going through to getting you online, the reward will be that much greater. Pasha's a. The A refers to Ri'ya, to seeing. We all know the difference between Ri'ya, Ushmi'ya. Seeing and hearing. In English, the expression of seeing is believing. But it's so much easier to hear than to see. There's a famous story of the Bashemtiv that we've told way back of a chassid that never fell into a terrible situation financially and hadn't paid his rent for a long time. And the parrots was coming down very hard on him. The debt was unsurmountable. He did not know what to do. He went to the Rebbe, he went to the Baal to find out a solution to get a bracha to be able to overcome this problem. I told somebody last night actually who was also going through a tremendous financial issue. Is there a problem with the audio still? I'm going to unplug this. You're okay? He's going through a terrible financial problem and he I told him we went to the Ohel I said you can't ask the Rebbe to give, give you a lottery it doesn't work to ask the Rebbe give me the numbers for the lottery ask the Rebbe for a check that's not what you're coming for you come now to the Ohel, you're coming to Daven. Everything in this world is a test. 
We want to overcome the test. It's difficult many times. Many times it becomes difficult financial hurdles that we have to go, we have to climb. There are times where there are other obstacles in life that hold us back from doing what we want, going where we want, being where we want. But we have to remember it's all from God. It's all from our Almighty Father in Heaven. And if Hashem gave it to us, we have to be able to handle it. And therefore, and therefore, oh, wait, I have to find somebody now. <laughs> How you do this without your glasses? What you're davening for, really, is that Hashem should give you the strength, Hashem should give you the direction to be able to overcome, to be able to conquer the Yitzhahara's ideas and thoughts which are being planted ideas and thoughts that are trying to God forbid put us into a depression or to an estate, a state of mind that's not acceptable Yimar tells us anyone that gets angry as if they serve the Vedizara. Dalta Rebbe writes in Tanya that depression is the same thing. A person that's depressed from something that's not going his way is in denial. Sometimes that's not so bad. Moses, baby Moses was in denial. Look what he turned out. But they're in denial of what? The Almighty actually wants us to know and to have. So we ask a bracha to be able to overcome this obstacle. To be able to overcome this pain. So the Bashem Tov student had this major dilemma and he came for a bracha by the Bashemtov. And the Bashemtov did something very interesting. He handed the Chassid an envelope and told him, Please bring this letter to the Paritz. Bring, bring this letter to the Paritz. And everything will be okay. Everything will work out. But the Bashemtov gave a very interesting stipulation. He told the Chassid, do not look at the letter. Do not open the envelope. And so the Chassid traveled to the Bashem, to the Iparitz, to the landowner. And as he arrives at the landowner, obviously his situation, his curiosity made him plot. He was exploding from curiosity. And therefore, he didn't know what to do. How could he not look at the letter? And as he got to the parrot's door, and he knocked on the door and was waiting for the servant to open the door. He quickly looked in the open envelope that was not sealed. As he looked in the envelope, he saw, much to his dismay, the letter was blank. It was a blank letter. 
He was shocked. What do I do now? The Bashem made a mistake, Bashem gave me the wrong envelope, or he put the wrong paper in the envelope. He must have written a letter and had a second paper and put in that paper the blank paper instead. But before he could turn and run, the door opens up. As the door opens up, the servant says yes, and he says, I have to see the parrots. And he grabs and he brings them inside. And the chassid, shaking hands, trembling from head to toe, hands the envelope to the parrots. Parrots takes the envelope, opens it up, takes out the letter. And the parrots are staring and staring and staring at the letter. And the parrots shakes his head and shakes his head. And finally says, Okay, I have no choice. This time, I'll forgive the debt. I'll lower your rent to half. But you better pay. And he sent off the chaser on his way. The cup in the fridge, the door is the water. He sent the chaser on his way. Obviously, needless to say, the chaser was in shock. What was that all about? Huh? I left it on the table? Okay. Chaser came back, elated. As he returns to the Bashemtov, as he comes back into the Bashemtov, he the Bashemtov looks at him and he says to the Bashemtov, It was a miracle. Not only did he forgive the debt. But he did one more thing. He reduced my debt. Not only he reduced my debt, he did one more thing. Excuse me, he just reduced, no, he reduced, he forgave the debt and he reduced my rent. He told me that my rent is now much less. Hashem Tov looked at the Chassid and said to him, had you not looked at the envelope, had you not looked at the letter, you would never have to pay rent again. So obviously the Bashem realized that he did look at the envelope. The Bashem figured it out simply because the result was not what he expected. The Bashem expected a result, he'd never have to pay rent again. See as I give before you today. This is not just a metaphor. It's not just an expression. It's a way of life. The Gemara tells us in Mesechtus Rosh Hashanah Tav Chavov Amaralef Ein Eid Nasa Dayin A witness cannot become a judge. You do not take a witness on a case and make him one of the judges on the case. Why, says the Yamada? Kevin, the Chazivil, since he saw what actually transpired, he will not find in his heart a way to get this, give this person any kind of merit, meritus, meritus. However, 
when the judge sits on a case, the Dayan sits, and here's what they are testifying, here's all the testimony, and he knows the testimony of the witnesses is 100% true, but Chazol is the Dayan still can find a schus for the person since he did not see the person doing it actually. This actual Gemara tells us that seeing makes forms a person's opinion entirely. So much so that you cannot negate his opinion. He saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. You cannot tell me anything different. Masha'in came when the person hears something. Even if he hears it from a reliable source, somebody that he knows he can trust, there's always supposed to be doubts in their heart whether it's really, really true. And therefore it's not like the person who actually sees it. So by hearing something in hearsay, to throw, God forbid, aspirations on a person, the trade is telling us that's not the way to go. If you didn't see it, don't believe it. And not only that, if you didn't see it, definitely don't talk about it. This is what Teirah is warning us. Learning Teirah and doing mitzvahs are the mitzvahs that I am giving before you today. That has to be by each and every person. In what level? Of re'ei. As if we actually see it. Not just hearsay. Not just something that I once heard a story about, but something, I am doing this mitzvah as if I actually visualize the mitzvah being done itself. What it's accomplishing. And by that, the person will not compromise. He will not have any kind of improvisations. And we know the enlightened Jews had that problem. The enlightened Jews had a problem where they used to try to compromise and improvise. There's a story with the Rebbe. This is way back when, in the days of the Russian government, was oppressing the people. There's Tavshin Chav Ches. Was he still in the 60s? 68? Hold on, we just caused havoc here. Woman, we caused havoc. I'm going to have to call you back, Moshe. Caused havoc over here. Hold on. This is a problem here. We caused the problem with the shit. Oh boy. I'm trying to add you to the contact so I can call you back. 
So just bear with me a minute until I can add you on. Because you put everybody else on hold, okay? What is the Why? I have havoc here now on the Skype woman. Okay, hold on. Let me back my calls. Oh, gosh. Sorry about that. Somebody cut in. Somebody cut in on us and then just destroyed everything, put everything down. Uh, let me see if I can find him now because he wants to come in on this year. Try to add him as a contact. Come on, computer. Okay. Anyway, it was 1968. This fellow was working for the government in a clinic, a dental clinic, Chosid, in a city near Samarkand. And the Rebbe sent instructions. They should hire teachers to teach Taylor. Hire teachers to start teaching Taylor to spread learning of Taylor. There was a cost still I believe is still alive, Nebyesiv Ladayev, who's now in Kiat Malachi. Nebyosef Ladayev came to this Chassid's house and told him the Rebbe's instructions. The Rebbe wants you to start teaching children. This guy is a professional dentist. He meant giving up his career, giving up his security, giving up everything and going becoming a dent- and going becoming a teacher, a malamid. But it was from the Rebbe there were no ifs, ands, and buts about it. He was going to do it. But he said, before I could do so, I need to resign from my job at the clinic. And he didn't hesitate. Chassid went right away. And he spoke to the director of the clinic. And he said, I need to be relieved from my position. And I didn't want to tell him that I'm going to teach Teda, which would get me only in trouble. So I said, I'm going to further my education. I want to become a higher or a better dentist. He was actually very impressed with the director. He told me, come back next Friday. I'll have your letter of resignation ready. And I'll have your last paycheck. From that moment, the fellow left from the clinic and he started teaching Teda. From house to house, he was teaching children Teda. He had four dedicated, very devoted students that wanted to, they were thirsting for Teda. This gave him such motivation that he himself went and furthered his learning in Tata, made himself, sat down and learned more on his own, so he should become more capable. His had a job, he had a proper position, it had to be replaced. He was replaced by another Jew, but this Jew, unfortunately, was an enlightened Jew. 
No. This totally non-observant Jew came to the clinic, prepared to work on Shabbos, prepared to eat not kosher. He acted like a guy. Director of the clinic was shocked. He knew this other guy was Jewish. And he knew he, this guy is Jewish. He says he doesn't look like the Chassid. But so not to act like a Jew. It disturbed him. He invited in this fellow into his office to get to the bottom of it. And he says, why don't you act like a Jew, like your other guy, the other guy worked before you, the predecessor did. This Jew, or this enlightened Jew, was fuming that he was put in such a position. And he began to speak the most despicable words about the other chassid, about the chassid, the other Jew. And he told the director, this guy wants to go to Hetzel, he's a revolutionary he doesn't want anything to do with, this, with the, the government. He'd like to overthrow the government of anything. And he even is going now and he's teaching children Torah. And he said he's furthering his education. He's not at all. He's going to sit and learn Torah. This director was furious. He couldn't believe that he was such so naive. He trusted this guy with his, with his everything. And this guy turns around and stabs him in the back, this chassid. All of a sudden, <laughs> the chassid, who was a very good friend of his, fell into a terrible, terrible, bad light. The chassid says he couldn't understand it. But he got a letter asking him, by the director to come see him. And he came to the director's office. And they were all good time friends and they were so kind to him. And he knocks on the door and he walks into the office. And he sees there's a different person sitting there. It's the director with a totally different look in his eye. And he starts to scream at him, you're a disgusting liar. You're a traitor. You fooled me all this time. You took advantage of me. I trusted you here. Because I was shocked. I was, I, was, I was mortified. I was petrified. And then jumped up. The director jumped up and started coming towards the chassid. And he blocked the doorway. See, so even if the chassid wanted, he couldn't get out. And the director, screaming and yelling, got so angry, he started to pummel the guy. Started punching him and hitting him. Couldn't get away. Guy was definitely going to kill me. So I just started to scream, help, help, help. As I screamed, people came barging into the office and saw the director. It looked like he lost himself. It looked like he lost his mind. And they restrained the director. And I got out of there quick. Before I left, the director who was being held back now started screaming. I promise you, I'll do whatever I can to put you in prison where you belong. By Sunday you'll feel my true power. You'll see how great I am. And so, the Chassid left actually quite nervous and quite frightened. I mean, this is a viable threat. This guy was a dangerous fellow. He came home, and his father saw him. His father saw something's wrong. And he asked, what's wrong with you? So he said, I can't, I'm not going to get my letter of resignation. And even worse than that, I, uh, I'm not getting my last check, and the director wants to throw me in jail. 
My father, he says, told me, why did you resign? Why did you go teach? Because the Rebbe told you to. If this is a mission of the Rebbe, nothing can go wrong. Alright, if that's what he says, that's what he says. It calmed me down a little bit, says the Chassid, but I was nervous. Sunday I woke up early, and I went to meet my students. On my way to teach, I had to pass near the director's office. But when I got to the street, I looked towards his office, and people were running and screaming and yelling. I came a little closer, and one of the people standing there recognized me. Now everyone looked up, and they started to scream, You're a holy man! You're a holy man! He had no idea what they were talking about. And they said, The director was cursing you out. The director said he'd put you in jail. Well, suddenly last night, the director had a heart attack and died. So the words of his father came to him as he explained the words of the Rebbe, directive of the Rebbe, never steers a chassid wrong and the chassid will always be protected if he goes and follows the ways of the Rebbe. Amongst the many mitzvahs of the parsha, we have the mitzvah of shechita, slaughtering. The Torah tells us a very awkward concept. As much meat as you want, you can eat. Rak, only refrain from eating the blood there's a Gemara in the tractate of Chulin fifteen side B Tezvavamid Beis the Gemara says Rabbi Shmuel Eimer Rabbi Shmuel said when the Pasuk tells us this, the Pasuk gave us, it came to teach us, it is now permissible to eat meat out of yearning, out of taiva, out of... i use a proper word for taiva. person that just wants to have something. Till the Jews went into the cell, says Rabbi Shmuel, the only meat that they were allowed to eat was meat from karbonis, from sacrifices. But now when they went into the Holy Land, they were allowed to eat any type of meat. This is a very integral part of our service to God. When the Jews were in the desert, they were not involved with anything spiritual, uh, physical. They lived a total spiritual life. They learned Teda, did mitzvahs, they had nothing else to do. And therefore when they ate meat, it could only be meat of sacrifices. From a holy source. When they went into the Holy Land, now they started to work and to toil with their hands. And therefore they had to now elevate physical things. As we know, everything one does is for the sake of heaven. The fact is, sleeping, as we spoke, Eight hours a night, you sleep 99 years, 30, you sleep 33 years. 
sleeping is imperative. Some people say sleeping is overrated. But sleeping is basically imperative. The body needs sleep. But when I'm sleeping, I'm not learning Teda and I'm not doing mitzvahs. That's horrific. How can I handle that? A person needs to eat and drink. But whilst I'm eating and drinking, I'm not learning Teda, I'm not doing mitzvahs. In today's day and age, the person needs a vacation. During the vacation, tell the person in the middle of this year, during vacation, the person refreshes oneself. Children are now returning from camps. Baruch Hashem, Gizun Tehet. And the children, the children have come back refreshed, revitalized, fresh country air, they are now ready to start their new school year. Here in New York, it's almost sacrilegious. Schools basically don't start until after Labor Day. Um, we're not sure who started the tradition, how it started, how it came about, but unfortunately... That's pretty much how it goes around here. But the person needs these physical pleasures. Tells us the Torah, Yes, you need to eat. Yes, you need to drink. Yes, you need to sleep. Yes, you even need as a child to run around and play some ball, play some sport, play some basketball. But the Taylor says it should be the Shem Shemayim. For the sake of heaven. And everything a person does, every path the person goes, he should know God. And he has to take and elevate physically every physical concept in the world. Before eating, we make a bracha, and we therefore elevate the food. After eating, we make a bracha etc. This is what the Torah is warning us. Although you've gone now into the Etzisel, you've gone into the Holy Land, the Torah permitted not only meat from sacrifices, but basa taiva. You could eat meat, <coughs> even if it's not really a mitzvah. But says the Teda, Chazak, strengthen yourself. The vilti achelas adam don't eat the blood. The resichas adamim, the churning of a blood inside a person, the heating of the blood, and the chayas of the person, the life should not be from the meat, from the physical, but everything he does should be with a purpose for God. It's the famous story of the Baal Shem HaKadosh. They took his Talmidim on Shabbos once, and they looked into the window of a house, and they saw a cow sitting by a table, wearing a beautiful streimel and a beautiful bekesha, relishing his meal. Tamidim looked at the Baal Shem Tov, what is this? And the Baal Shem Tov told him, if he would eat the food because the covered Shabbos Kedish, in honor of the Holy Shabbos, and he would eat the food in order to elevate the food, he would be a person and the food would be the food but since he's eating the food because he's enjoying it he becomes one with that piece of meat 
So he looks just like the cow that he's eating. Strengthen ourselves not to eat the blood. Not to let it become part of us. Not to let it become such an integral part of our lives. I'd have to take a detour from the parasha there was so much more that I wanted to speak about to talk about this Shabbos as we said is Eshchidosh El the new month we're going God willing tomorrow evening since Eshchidosh on a Friday so the week, the monthly group of women that join us for our Erev Rishchidosh at the Ohel tomorrow evening we'll be going Mer Hashem. If you can't physically make it, send a letter. Erev Rishchidosh El is a very special day. The Haftarah of the Shabbos, of course, is the Haftarah of Rishchidosh, Shabbos Rishchidosh, and also of Machar Chedesh. Although, Shabbos is one of the Shiva de Nechemta, the seven weeks of condolences, still in all, It is Rishchidosh. The Shabbos is also the Shabbos before my father, blessed memory, is outside. And therefore, we'll have a Kiddush in honor of that. Which is also a Kiddush in honor of my future, my daughter's future husband. He's getting married next week and therefore is being called up to the Torah. But that won't be in our neighborhood. And God willing, next week, the year will be dedicated as it will be on my father's yard site to my father. We're in the midst of actually compiling for those fans of Chazanus. If you like good cantorial renditions we're hopefully putting out a DVD of my father of different concerts that he sang at and weddings that he sang at etc so if you want one and you can't get to this year just send us the address and we'll send it to you hopefully or come to the wedding and you can get it. So many opportunities to have it. It's a big Indian to give tzedakah Erev Eshchidosh El. To give extra charity. The Minigin Yerushalayim Erev Eshchidosh El is to go to the Kirei Tzadikim to the Holy Sites. And those that go to Hebron, those that go to to the Kotel, and others that go to Rabshin Bayechai in Miron. There's a concept of Yom Kippur cotton every Erev Rishchidosh, but Erev Rishchidosh El is the most profound of them all. And there are those people that don't do you keep a cotton every month, every shell they try hard. Those that have accustomed to fast on every shell, if you're not going to fast, you should at least redeem the fast with tzedakah, the amount of a meal, with three meals. Some fast only a half a day, until they say, the renditions of Yom Cotton.
Rishchidosh El itself begins the concept of tshuva. Ani l'daydi v'daydi li, the acronym for El, I to my beloved, my beloved to me. In liyodei v'samti loch, ish l'reheu matanas l'avyenim, are the three acronyms representing Tshuva, Tvila, and Tzedakah. And then we have the two that represent the future, Ashir Hashem Vayim Lulemer, and the fifth, which then represent Lassadlavi and Time Mashiach. The custom of the Sephardic communities on Ashkedish El they begin to say Slichot, they actually say Selichot. Baruch Hashem, the Ashkenazim only start on Matzah Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. We win some, lose some. This year we lose some, and we have a full week of Slichot. It is customary from the first day of Rishkei Deshel to add in davening L'davar Hashem Eiri Psalm 27 Many different customs many Chabad is to say the L'davar Hashem Eiri after the Shir Shayoyim by Shachris and before Aleinu by Mincha We do not say it by Meirev On Rish Chedesh, say Shir Shayim, Bar Chinavshi, and then the Davar Hashemiri. Mini Chabad, this is said, recited until Hishan Raba. Min Hishan Raba is the last time we've added the Davar Hashemiri to Davening. Like I said, there are many different customs. Those that start the second day of Shkedesh, those that say it after Aleinu. But we're not going into all the customs, thank you. We're just telling you Mini Chabad, because that's what we do. On the second day of Shkedesh, we begin another custom. We blow the Shefer. At the end of davening, the shafer is blown. Again, many Chabad differs. The whole world blows Tkia, Shvarim, and Teruah. In Chabad, we blow the entire cycle. Tkia Shvarim Trua, Tkia Shvarim Tkia, and Tkia Trua Tkia. This is done each day after the last Kaddish. It's brought down for those who don't say the Dabar Hashem, I forgot the Dabar Hashem, I by Mincha to say it by Mairi, we don't usually keep that. When Kaddish is recited after Shir Shayim, it should now be recited after the Davar Hashem Eri. If it's on Rish we don't say Kaddish after Bar Chinavshi, we again wait till after the Davar Hashem Eri. Who's there? Some guy that wants to come to your share. He said there's a party. You can party every week. Next week's the big party. You can come into the share, but next week's the party. They didn't put down a spread this week. So he's like the rabbi across the street that Dalvin's there. So he's here for the... He can come in for the, for the last six minutes. What are you going to do, huh? 
It's never too late, right? <coughs> okay, I'm also going to sit for the last couple of minutes. Although we don't say slichas every day, but it's still a minute accustomed to get up a minute or two earlier on the, throughout the month of Elul as a preparation for the tshuva of the month of Elul. The Alter Rebbe brings down the very profound marshal of Melech Basadeh the king in the field, when the king is in his palace, only select few can see the king and speak to the king. You made it. So the week that we didn't have the spread, you show up. Next week's a big spread. Not here for the food. The king is in the field. Everyone can approach the king. Everyone can go to the king and talk to him and present their requests and whatever they would like to say. Chaydish El, the Altarebbe explains, is Melech Basada. The king is in the field. And therefore one can go out, can greet the king, can talk to the king, and ask anything they want of the king. Another custom that starts on Chaydish El, the second day of Rosh is we add three kapitlach of Tehillim. Three chapters of Tehillim are added each day. In the beginning it's easy, because Allah, Beis, and Gimel is the first day. So Yem Beis, we know automatically Dalet and Vav. It will always end, just times it by three, and it will end with that kapitel. But after that, once it goes into the month of Tishrei, we get a little confusing and because we get confusing, we turn to the guide in the back of the Tillim and tells us which three kapitlach of that day. Customary when a person writes a letter in the month of El, that they should sign off with the words Ksiva, Bachasima, Teva. It is already time to start to wish one another for a good and a happy year to be inscribed and to be sealed in a good year. Anshay Maisa checked the Tfilin and the Mezuzas in the month of El. And as we get into Elo, we'll discuss more about the mitzvahs and the hidurim of Chedesh El. Going back a little bit to our parsha, the Yimara tells us a person is recognized three ways. Bekisai, Bekasai, and Bekosai. Kisai is his pocket, Kasai is in anger, and Kosai is under the influence. We had an English teacher in high school who used to say under the affluence of alcohol. So I guess that's what you feel like at that point. I have a kid this, this shop is across the street. Father's yard says next week. The Pasik tells us the end of the Pasha Ish Kematnas Yodai Kivirchas Hashem Alikecho Ish How do we know what kind of person he is? How his pocket reflects, how he shows when he gives tzedakah. You should give the charity to the poor person. A phenomenal medish, or Gemara, I believe. Person who gives tzedakah gets six blessings. If you give tzedakah with a smile, you give tzedakah with a good word, 
you give it tzedakah, you give the man a pat on the back, you get another 11 blessings. 17 in total. Which is therefore what it says, Nasantitain, and Tev, that it's good for you. It's good for you because Gematria 17, when you give tzedakah, and you say a good word when you give the tzedakah, you get the 17 brachas. And that's why it says, Tevim, Hashnayim in Ha'echad, Hashyeshlam Sachar Tev, Ba'amolam. Shtayim, not just you give the tzedakah, you give it with a smile. You give it with a word of encouragement. That's shnayim. The echad is either you gave the encouragement, but you didn't give the tzedakah, or you gave the tzedakah without the encouragement. You know, there's a story told of a guy who was collecting tzedakah, and he came to the man's house and the fellow threw him out like a dog. He berated him and screamed and yelled and started pulling on him and took him to the front door. And he says to him, I want to just tell you, I'm not pregnant. The guy says, what? So I'm not pregnant. So what are you talking about? He says, never mind. He starts to walk away, but the guy's curiosity was piqued. He grabs and pulls him back. No, 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 you're not going out of here. Tell me what you mean. <laughs> so he says, it's not important. He says, it's important. He says, I'll tell you the truth. Sometimes I come to a house and they give me compliments and blessings and everything, but they don't give me any money. I say, no, I got some COVID. I got some honor. I got part of the money. There'll be a kapara, I didn't get money this time. Sometimes I get money, but they make make dirt out of me when I get it. I say, no, I got at least the money. I got part of the guilt. I got part of the, I got part of the COVID. The COVID is kapara to me. But here you're not giving me COVID, and you're not giving me money, you're giving me two kaparas. I'm not pregnant. I don't need two kaparas. So therefore, Nasein Tita tells us to Tera, the Shnaim, that it should be given, and then given with a smile. The fellow once came, a very wealthy fellow fell on his time, bad times, and lost everything. And he came to the, who is now the Shtad Gvir, the rich man of the town, who knew him from before. And he cried out his heart and told him, I've lost everything. That's actually a true story, which I've told before, but... I just hope I can hold myself back from shedding a tear when I tell it again. There's many different organizations that give people food for Shabbos. Shabbos and Yom Tif. And this very wealthy fellow approached the Gabai of the Tzedakah, of the organization, and he said to him, uh, how much does it cost you a whole week? The food packages you give to all the people, how much does it cost you a week? So he gave him an amount. So I'm willing to sponsor a full week. But I want a list of the names. The man said, I'm sorry, we don't do that. So okay, you're playing hard to get? I'll sponsor a full month. A full month, four weeks. But I gotta have the names. I says, it's very tempting, but no can do. We just don't give the names. Finally, he turned and he says, okay, you've pushed it enough. I'll give a full year. I'll cover you a full year's budget. You won't have to collect a nickel. And he says to him, I'm sorry, I am not giving you the names. It's not happening. So the rich man sits down across from him and he says, listen here, I have to tell you the truth. You know me as a wealthy man. I lost everything. I've lost everything. I have not got money for food for Shabbos. I came to ask you to give me a package for Shabbos. I was concerned though 
people would find out and people would hear about it. But now I see nobody gets the information out of you. Please send me a package for Shabbos. So we're just going to ask this Shabbos, Hashem Rishchidosh, Rishchidosh El, Nasein Titein, give us in a double portion, and it's not only Shabbos Rishchidosh, but it's Machachidosh, so Hashem, to give us so that we can see the A with Re'iyah, in a we should actually see the true redemption on this very Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom to all. Have I signed out over there? Oops, one second.